What does it take to become a saint? To become a saint. A saint's sanctity is the natural consequence of discipleship. So to ask, what does it take to become a saint? It's the same thing in the end as to ask, what does it take or what does it mean to be a disciple? A saint is one who has encountered the living God and who lives relationship with God in his life, in her life. A saint is one who is in heaven. Where we are moved, please Jesus in his mercy, we get to heaven and we are moved by the Spirit. We are totally free. And we are exactly in conformity with intimate relationship with God. So what does it take to be a saint? What does it take to be a disciple? On November 1st, 1966, a new football team was founded. That football team became the New Orleans Saints. In 1968, Archbishop Hannon, the Archbishop of New Orleans, wrote a prayer for the saints. I would like to read it to you. God, we ask for your blessing upon all who participate in this event and all who have supported our saints. Our Heavenly Father, who has instructed us that the saints by faith conquered kingdoms and overcame lions. Grant our saints an increase in faith and strength so that they will not only overcome the lions, but also the bears, the rams, the giants, and even those awesome people in Green Bay. May they continue to tame the redskins and feather the falcons, as well as the eagles. Give to our owners and coaches the continued ability to be wise as serpents and simple as doves, so that no good talent will dodge our draft. Grant to our fans perseverance in their devotion. Little did he know how much we would need that over the years. And to our fans, unlimited lung power, tempered with a sense of charity to all, including the referees. May our beloved Bedlam Bowl be a source of good fellowship, and may the saints come marching in be a victory for all, now and in eternity. I love, I love that prayer by Archbishop Hannon because he, we want our team to win. Like, like the Tigers did last night. We want our team to win as we go out on Thursday night or on Friday night and cheer for our Eagles and our other Tigers. Uh, we want the Saints to win tomorrow night because those things are good and those things are fun uh, and, and those things can just bring about good community. But, Archbishop Hannon's prayer was very clear that what we're searching for most of all is the virtues that lead to the kingdom of God. Charity towards all. Faith and strength. The desire to go to heaven. What does it take to be a saint? There's another story. I wasn't able to corroborate this one, but this story is all over Catholic circles in New Orleans, and I think it's, I think it's true. I've heard it from enough people who know what they're talking about for me to think that it's true, that, that the saints 
were founded on November 1st, 1966. November 1st is a holy day of obligation. November 1st is All Saints Day. November 1st is All Saints Day. And so I'm told that the owners, they went to Archbishop Hannon and they said, Archbishop, we would like to name this team The Saints. But is, is that okay? Can, can we do that? And the Archbishop said, yeah, sure, of, of course you can name the team The Saints. But remember this. Most of the saints were martyred. Most of the saints lost their lives. Most of the saints, in fact, gave up everything, even their very lives, for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. And Archbishop Hannon, of course, was using that as a joke, and, well, actually, for a lot of, for a lot of time, the saints got quote unquote killed on the football field, but not anymore. But for a long time that was the case. Archbishop Hannon was making a joke. But it's true. Most of the saints were martyred. And it's also true that that's what it takes to be a saint. A real saint. Not to play on a football team, but to go to heaven. That's what it takes to be a disciple. We pray in God's mercy that He would spare us from persecution that would lead to our martyrdom. We pray in God's mercy that you and I will not have to shed our blood for Jesus. That's part of what we're saying when we pray to our Father and we say, lead us not into temptation. We're saying, Lord, do not subject us to a test that we cannot pass. Do not subject us to a trial. Do not allow a trial to come that is too difficult for us. Lord, save us from the, deliver us from evil or from the evil one. Save us from persecution. But whether we have to die martyrs by shedding our blood or not, whether like St. Paul, St. Paul, He's an old man. He's in prison. He's writing to Philemon. And, y'all, he's, he's about to get his head chopped off. Like, literally. Peter was crucified upside down. Bartholomew was skinned alive. They gave up everything for the kingdom of heaven. And you and I, whether we have to shed our blood or not, are called to do the same in accord with our particular vocation, in accord with each of our state and life. Jesus is very clear, and this is, is not, not an easy teaching today, in the gospel. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, and yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. What does it take to be a saint? Most of the saints were martyred. What does it take to be a saint? It takes everything. And what does it gain? To be a saint? What is the benefit of being a saint? The benefit is everything. 
I, I knew that God was calling me to be a priest from, from when I was little. Um, but I was very scared. I was very scared of what I would have to give up to be a priest. And as I grew up and as I grew up and as I grew up and as I, I, I got to college and I began just to really fall in love with Jesus, I, that started in high school. And, and as in college, I began to be willing like to follow Jesus where, wherever he was calling me to go, uh, which turned out to be a priest and which turned out to be a, a priest here in the Diocese of Homo Thibodeau and today in Morgan City. I found this, this other passage that I read over and over and over again. So many days sitting in the little chapel at Our Lady of Wisdom in Lafayette at UL. Amen, I say to you, Mark chapter 10, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time, with persecution, and in the age to come, eternal life. Yes. If you and I love anything more than Jesus, even these great things, like, like family, even these great things, like our homes and our lands, and those things which, which give a lot of goodness to our lives, if we love any of those things more than Jesus, we cannot be His disciple. We are not His disciple. We cannot go to heaven. But, if we are willing to give those things up, we will find unimaginable joy. Nobody, Jesus says, who gives all those things up, nobody will not receive a hundredfold Sort of say that another way. Everybody who gives all those things up is going to receive a hundred times as much even in this life. And on top of that, to be with God forever in heaven. Y'all, that's a sweet deal. It ain't easy to take because the goods of this world are very attractive. But it's a really sweet deal. Here's the last thing. Talk to you about my parents. Many of you have met my parents uh, as they're here like every other weekend now, which I love. I, I, I don't think most of you know, uh, some of you know, but I, I'm an only child. Uh, what most of you don't know is that, uh, well, my parents, they were married at 21 years old, and uh, as you do when you get married, uh, they quite soon began to try to have children. And, and there were no children. And they tried, and, 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 and they tried to have children, and, and there were no children. My mama told me one time, she said, I, once I, I went to the doctor, and, and the doctor told me that I was never going to be able to have children. Mama said, I never went to that doctor again. Finally, after lots of waiting, after lots of heart, after lots of heartache, after lots of praying, I'm sure. On the day after my daddy's 29th birthday, I was born. Afterwards, they tried to have children, and, and they tried to have children, and there were, were no children. I remember when I was in the fifth grade, 
I was uh, scared, like I told you, of what I would have to give up to be a priest. And uh, I so I, we were driving home from school one day, and, and I asked my mom uh, a very loaded question. I said, Mom, or Mama, you want grandchildren, right? What? Said, Mama, you want grandchildren, right? She said, of course I do. So I said, good. That means that I can't be a priest. And Mama said, no, no, no. Your daddy and I, we want you to do whatever it is like that's going to that's gonna make you happy. And my mom and daddy, over and over again, as I began to express this call to the priesthood, or show it, as I began to show this call that God had placed in my soul, over and over again, they were supportive. When they knew that they weren't going to have the joys of grandchildren or the joys of potential grandchildren, the joys of a potential daughter-in-law, these good things of the world, these good things of family life, all they were was supportive because they said, Bryce, we just want you to be happy. And if that's where God's... It, this is very important. If that's where God's calling you, you will be happy. Period. God's calling you to give up everything and go be a monk. Guarantee you, you will be happy. God's calling you to live a family life, working hard, living life in Morgan City, but being detached from the things of the world. Guaranteed, people will mock you. People will say bad things about you. You will be persecuted. And guaranteed, you will be happy. A hundredfold. And so mom and daddy, they, they give up all these family goods that I tell them, not only, Mom and Dad, do, uh, do I think God's telling me to be a priest, but I think God's telling me to be a priest in Homa Thibodeau, which ain't too far, but is far away from where I grew up in Church Point. And I said, okay, that's where God's calling you, so you go. Little did they know that I would end up assigned this year in Morgan City with a rectory, with a guest room that they could come every other weekend. Which is awesome. And you have met, some of you, my mom and daddy. If you haven't met them yet, you probably will. They gave up their only son to go away and to become a priest. They gave up this potential grandchildren, daughter-in-law, this kind of family life that everybody dreams about. And you can ask them when you see them. They are happy. In fact, I am quite confident that mama and daddy today, in their 50s, with a son who lives far away, are happier than they have ever been. When they come to see me and I look in the congregation, I see the look on their faces. And probably some of you do too. You can ask them next time you see them. My daddy, growing up, he, he didn't really come to church. He came on Christmas and Easter, or he went on Christmas and Easter, and a couple other times throughout the year, kind of randomly. Today, every Sunday. Actually, usually every Saturday afternoon. Now, almost always he and mom are together. Going to church. Happier than they've ever been. So y'all, do not be afraid. What does it take to be a saint? 
Most of the saints were martyrs. What does it take to be a disciple? It takes everything. And what do we gain for our everything? We gain a hundred times that much in this life. And eternal life with Jesus forever. So y'all, be not afraid. Be a disciple. Be a saint.